You're listening to a CFMS podcast. Welcome to the Life as a Doctor to Be podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the speakers during these episodes are their own and do not reflect the express opinions of the CFMS. Okay, so funny story. I started my palliative care rotation at the beginning of this week. And you know how the staff usually welcomes you and tries to get to know a little bit more about you, where you came from and stuff. So so, so my staff was asking me like, oh, okay, like Karine, um, where, where did you come from? Like, what did you do before this? What were your previous rotations? Um, what, what's a, you know, just what, what happened before this? And I started off with, so I was born and raised in Montreal. And then she was like, oh, oh no, no, no. I meant like, what, what rotation? <laughs> Welcome to episode seven of this podcast. Today's episode is going to be the fifth episode of this little mini series we've had going on on the theme of relationships. And on this episode, we have Peter. Hey, everyone. My name is Peter, and I'm a second year medical student at Queens. We have Karine. Hi, fourth year medical student from McGill. And myself, Audrey, who's also a fourth year medical student at McGill. So we'll be spending our time today talking about the relationships that we have with people outside of medicine and the ways in which these relationships can be affected by the fact that we're in medicine. So we'll, we'll try to keep things a little bit more casual and conversational in today's episode. So to start off, what kind of relationships do the two of you currently have outside of medicine? And feel free to talk about any sorts of relationships, whether it be romantic ones or, or friendships. Okay, I, I guess I'll start. <laughs> So in terms of romantic relationship, I'm currently in a relationship with someone who's working as an actuary. We've been together for like the past two years and a half, and we've mostly been living together um, during COVID. Um, in terms of my close circle of friends, they're kind of made up from people coming from uh, that I've met at different points in my life, including like primary school, high school, CJEP, as well as from Dragon Boat. I was part of, a, I was doing Dragon Boat for I think four or five years. And in terms of their like educational backgrounds, they come from um, they come from a bunch of different fields like engineering, actuarial sciences, economics, marketing, computer sciences, and so on and so forth. And yeah, I think that's it. I can jump in here. So in terms of romantic relationships, uh, I'm also in a uh, long distance relationship with my partner. Um, we're approaching five years, and um, she works in investment banking, so outside of medicine as well. In terms of my friend circles, I feel like for me, most of my friend circles sort of revolve around different periods of my life too, but I think the best way to sort of dichotomize or trichotomize would be splitting them into like high school friends versus university friends versus now medical school friends. And so my high school friends, no one was ever interested in medicine. I feel like I was like the only one out of my whole sort of crew. I think one of them works now at, uh, actually, I know one of them works now at a, a startup in uh, the business sector. And then I have a friend that's working in the trades now. And then uh, another friend that's doing a business degree abroad currently. But I think for me, most of my friends are definitely segmented. And I feel like looking back at sort of my friend circles from high school to university to now medical school, 
I can really see the different periods in my life and the different changes that I've sort of come across throughout my time. And I feel like looking back and talking to those people and like reminiscing about these different aspects of my life in the past is really interesting to sort of see uh, where I've come from. As for me, I'm not currently in a relationship as Peter and Karen are, but I did have a partner four years ago um, who was not in medicine, but was was still working kind of in the healthcare field uh, in pharmacy. Um, and a year ago, I was seeing somebody else who was studying exercise science, but neither of those worked out. Um, not, not, not much has happened since then in terms of my dating life. Um, in terms of friendships, I have kind of two groups of friends outside of medicine. So the first group is uh, my volleyball friends who used to be my teammates back in back in high school. We've actually known each other since we were 10 years old because we had gone to elementary school together. And uh, we ended up playing on the same volleyball team during high school. Uh, so we're really close and our, our families are as well. And they live in Toronto, though. So I don't get to see them that frequently. But I do see them every time that I go back. And usually when I'm back, our families get together and we always have dinners, of course, uh, in the pre-COVID times. And last year, we actually had traveled to Japan together. And, you know, even though we don't talk with each other very frequently, we tend to pick up things off from where we left last time. Uh, things are never awkward and uh, we also make it a weekly plan to watch an epi- the new episodes of our f- our favorite shows together. Uh, so I just I had just seen them on Zoom yesterday <laughs> on Discord actually, um, and and we spend like twenty minutes you know watching the show and t- two hours talking about other random things. Um, so the two of them are actually both also in different. Uh, career fields so one of them works in the field of video game development and the other one uh, is working at a bank as a business major my second group of friends outside of medicine are my dragon boat friends who I see about every three months or so and during the first wave of COVID we had actually been meeting on video call every day and we would do an hour of working out together by video call Um, It was super fun, kept me motivated. Um, Since I've been back to the hospitals, we haven't been able to do those as much. Uh, But we'll sometimes still text each other and just say, yeah, I worked out today. Or like text each other like a sweaty picture (laughs) and and hold ourselves accountable to each other about staying in shape. Uh, Sometimes we'll also, you know, get together virtually and just watch a movie. So that's been really nice. Uh, We also, you know, sometimes get get together on on, uh, the game Among Us and, and yell at each other on it. Um, so yeah, those are my two main support groups, I would say outside of, uh, my medical friends. I was going to say, like, I think Among Us has almost replaced Settlers of Catan in terms of breaking relationships as much as they can. (laughs) I tried to give Among Us a try. I'm so bad at it. (laughs) I'm so so bad at lying. (laughs) Yeah, that too. And like, I couldn't figure out how to kill someone. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I realized I wasn't muted the whole time. So I was like, why is this not working? Why can't I kill someone? (laughs) Yeah. I I kind of went into how often I see my friends and such. How about you guys? For me, I guess, because they're back in my hometown, it's actually really difficult to sort of maintain any semblance of like an in-person connection. I go back few and far between. And so for me, it's actually funny that you mentioned Discord because that's actually where uh, we meet up. Um, with my high school friends most of the time. Uh, at the start of the pandemic, we actually all built um, 
it's a super nerdy hobby, but we all built gaming PCs. And so we've basically been meeting online on a pretty regular basis and just playing online games together and catching up. And just what you said about how you can sort of talk to these people and it's as if no sort of break or duration has happened between the last time you talked to them. It's, it's always great to sort of have those relationships where it feels like you can kind of pick up right where you left off. And I feel like I'm really lucky in that sense too. Yeah, I agree. For my part, I feel like COVID has really um, been bad in that department in the sense that I haven't really seen them physically for, I think, almost close to a year now, essentially. You know, we've tried to stay in touch over like Zoom calls and stuff, but it's it's not the same, I find. And, you know, like with Zoom fatigue and with the fact that we're all mostly already drained from our days, being online and having virtual classes and whatnot, it's a... Uh, it's different. We don't get to enjoy it as much. Prior to COVID, I would say that I would try to make some time on a weekly basis to see my friends. And given that I've met them at different points in my life, I don't necessarily merge all of them together. I, I do a lot of like one-on-one time with different uh, friends I've made throughout my life. So so that's that's sweet. I can totally agree with that sentiment too of like, you meet with them individually but not like a merged group event i feel like if my like high school friends met like my university friends from met my like medical school friends it just like they would not click oh my god like a disaster <laughs> i was forced to merge all my friends together on my 18th birthday because my parents thought it would be a good idea to like throw this like <laughs> huge like get together gathering at a restaurant and oh my god <laughs> It did not work out properly. You know, birthday parties are just so hard for me to plan sometimes because I want to celebrate with all of my friends, but it would be so weird to like put them in the same group. And especially, I don't know about you guys, but especially when it comes to my outside of medicine friends meeting my medical friends, because it's just like a weird dynamic where like we talk about medicine a lot and like I always feel like they feel super excluded and I don't want to like put them through that so I just keep them as separate as possible yeah I agree I feel the same way it's odd as well because they all they like from both sides they come in and they have their own kind of I guess they anticipate that things will be kind of weird and hard to combine there's always that kind of like awkward first few minutes at the beginning of a gathering and it's strange it's a strange thing mm-hmm. like the one time that I did have a birthday party similar to yours. We had to make this agreement with all my medical friends that we just would not talk about (laughs) medicine because it just becomes this like huge like circle of the exact same thing being said over and over again and everything will come back to medicine. Like that whole like Mm -hmm. seven degrees of freedom where like everything's related back to medicine and like seven simple steps kind of thing. Yeah, we just we had to make a pack. How did that pact work out? It totally failed within the first hour. But we try, we try. That's what I thought. (laughs) It never works. That's why I just try to like keep them separate. Like at some point this year, actually, my one of my high school friends was supposed to come down to see me during my birthday. Uh, One of my volleyball friends. I had said to my my medical friends that, you know, I wanted to celebrate my birthday with her separately and then we could like kind of do our own thing afterwards. And my friend was one of my friends didn't really understand why I didn't want to just invite her. Then it turned out on my birthday, I literally had to tell them to stop talking about medicine because it was stressing me out. So (laughs) Jacqueline was there. She knows. (laughs) I was going to say that, like, I think my non-med friends have kind of noticed that I like to keep things separate. 
and some of them have gotten really curious about it like Karen why do you do this <laughs> and they just feel, end up feeling excluded either way so it's hard to reach a balance mm-hmm. I love the insinuation of you just having like a total alter ego of like, who you are like within medicine versus out exactly they're like are, are you hiding some secrets from us Karen that's what your friends are probably thinking you know like you're maybe like the ho- the most horrible person with your medical right? friends no I think part of it is like I said like I met them at different points of my life and in different settings like some of them I've worked I've met like during job interviews other ones I've met during like camp other ones during dragon boat so they have like each of them have like a different perception of me i find so it's hard for me to bring all of that together mm-hmm. i'm just impressed you could make a friend of someone you met at a job interview I know, like right? i feel like i'm like so stressed <laughs> to, to be able to do that it turned that to be a beautiful friendship but yeah i was pretty weirded out <laughs> yeah i really like what you said Karen, about like these people meeting you at different stages in your life and the fact that you just bond over different things and how those things don't necessarily um, come together very smoothly sometimes between different friend groups and how they just have different perceptions of you because they've all seen different sides of you. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's not about being fake. It's just that around certain people, certain aspects of you get more. brought out yeah. more prominently. Right. Well yeah. said. So do you find that there are any like perks to having your relationships outside of medicine when you compare them to the ones that you do have with your friends in medicine? I think the main perk for me is that having conversations with non-med people allows me to really disconnect and take a break from the medical world, especially during clerkship where like I'm so drained and tired all the time. Um, it's it's really exhausting to change like from one rotation to another and try to cram as much as try to learn as much as you can during like a mere two weeks. So when I come home, it 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 feels great to be able to talk about other things. So we tend to to like to share common interests on things that are not related to medicine. And I think another thing that's nice as well is how because my friends group and my partners come from like different backgrounds, our circle of friends end up being becoming so diverse so our mutual friends are made of people coming from different fields and different backgrounds so that adds a lot of like richness in our conversations as well i can totally agree with that sentiment too it's it's really great to have that disconnect um with my partner because she's in business um often we get to sort of disconnect in that sense and even when we are talking we really contribute i think two very different viewpoints like if I'm giving an example, like the past election in the U.S., I was really interested in following things related to like healthcare and things related to the biotech and pharmaceutical side of things and how that was sort of going to impact things um, depending on who the president was, where she was a lot more interested in fiscal policy and just stuff that I know nothing about. But having that sort of dichotomy, I think, really does develops you as a person to sort of see things from like a multifaceted approach. And I think that I get a lot of value out of that for sure. Mm-hmm. It sounds like um, your knowledge kind of complements one another in that sense, Peter. Yeah, so for me, I feel like my friends outside of medicine, to summarize, I think they keep me very grounded. Um, grounded in the other parts of myself that I like and, and care for that I feel sometimes maybe my medical friends can't elicit as much because we just don't talk about those other things as often since we have the common ground of medicine to talk about always and and they they keep me grounded in 
the value that I have outside of being a medical learner in the sense that, you know, when I'm not doing so well in medical school or feel like it's weighing me down, I know that they still see value in me because they don't even know that part of my of myself. So they remind me that, you know, there are other things about myself that do matter and, and that medicine is not everything. And like the both of you have already said, I think that they're great stress relievers sometimes and a break from from the medical world. And one other thing is I find that they're less likely to tell me to keep pushing through sometimes when I'm going through a difficult time. Like they won't be afraid to tell me that I'm overexerting myself and and they'll remind me to take they'll remind me that I need to take good care of myself. I feel like the general population in medicine is full of students who really do work very hard and we often push ourselves to our limits. And I feel like that boundary is less clear among medical students. Um, and as uh, having that outsider perspective, if you know, like you do need to take a break and you can't just keep like gunning. Like, I think that that's something really valuable. Yeah, I agree. It takes, it takes a lot of like courage to show this like vulnerability to say that like hey tell your med friends like hey i'm very tired and i can't really keep going anymore so yeah non-med people very precious yeah i think one thing that you both brought up was medicine being seen more as a job and that's an insight that isn't really talked about within medicine and i think there's always that continuous push to do something more or there's always an extra you know like extracurricular you can join or an extra research project you can sort of put your hands on and I remember a distinct memory of um, I was texting a friend at like 4 p.m. and I was working on something that was like peripherally related to medical school, but it wasn't as important. And they were asking me to like if I wanted to hang out. And I was like, no, like I can't do that. And he was just saying how it, it seems like I'm always doing something even though I'm not in class. It's like there isn't really that level of disconnect. And one thing that I kind of debriefed with him afterwards was his perspective of just looking at it more as a job and you know once you have a job it's like you leave at 4 p.m you disconnect mm-hmm. you go home if you don't want to work those 80 hours a week you don't have to and i think that's a sentiment that isn't talked about because i feel like medicine is put on a pedestal where it's not just a job it's seen as more of a lifestyle or a, i feel like careers is the obvious word but i feel like it is more of a lifestyle than that and i think putting that into perspective by talking to people outside of medicine and realizing that that isn't necessarily healthy all the time and you're totally allowed to have that disconnect is something that I've definitely struggled with uh, finding that balance, but it's something that I think I really do want to work on in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I just want to make one last point and wrap this up before we move on to the next topic, but I totally understand what you mean, Peter. And like I think that medicine is a field that just it will continue to take and take and take from your life like if you allow it to like it will totally consume you like relentlessly um and unless you make that active effort to take a step back and just think you know like as important as my career is to me as important as my work is to me there are other things that i i need to put effort and care into i i think that that's the first and most important step um and and going back to what i was saying earlier i think that Sometimes amongst our medical colleagues and friends, um, we feel the need to push each other, you know, like that's kind of what friends in medicine are for. They push you to to go and, and grab opportunities and, and to keep going and going so that they can help raise you up in your career, which is awesome, right? But 
at the same time, sometimes I just need someone to bring me down and say, like your friend did, like, I feel like you're always doing something and related, related to your career. And like, maybe there are things that you need to invest your time and effort into other than that. We've talked a lot about what the good parts of having non-medical friends are, but what are the unique obstacles or challenges that you've come across in your relationships that are attributable to the fact that you're in medical school? And have you found it difficult to maintain those relationships or have you have have you had like frictions or, or tensions arise because of it? In terms of difficulties, so like first and foremost, I realized that, you know, being in the medical world and learning medicine is essentially spending like these couple of years learning another really complex language and system. And we're so immersed in this whole different world with its own ways of doing things, with its own hierarchy, that like uh, our, our ways of approaching problems, our ways of thinking and expressing ourselves are just entirely modeled by it. So, you know, in the days when I come home and I want to share my stories, it, it takes a lot of patience and energy to try to convey the complexity behind these like terms or concepts of or, or methods of operation to someone that's just unfamiliar with the medical world. Um, and this, this applies to both friends and partners, I find. Um, so yeah, when I come home, when I want to vent my feelings, when I want to share something interesting or something horrible that happened during my day, I, when I'm so tired, I often don't, unfortunately don't have the energy to just pause and explain every single thing or concept before I get to my story. And the times I do have the energy to stop and explain things, I, we, we just often end up losing sight of the bigger picture. So, you know. It's just not worth talking about it anymore. I can totally agree with that. Sometimes it just, it takes so much energy to have to break everything down and explain it in like a layman's terms. But I feel like there's also a lot of value in developing and complementing each other's sort of personalities. And I think for that specifically, taking the time to like explain something, I find at least will like help me in the future. Um, and so I've, I always try to make mm -hmm. that extra effort. And honestly, like most of the time it's, it's like too much, but those, those small occasions that you do, I really do think they make a big difference for me at least. And I think in that regard too, I'm a little bit lucky as my partner's sister is in like a surgical residency. So she's sort of like primed in that sense and like understands that as well. But even then though, it's sometimes you just don't want to talk about medicine with your partner. And I feel like in that regard, I have mm -hmm. very specific people within the medical community or like, like essentially classmates that I can convey things and they can convey things to me and it's sort of this little private club of like sharing stories and I really value that a lot more because um, I think going back to that whole disconnect issue is I want to be able to separate those aspects of my life and I don't want to have it as this continuous medicine loop um, day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For myself I think the biggest challenge that I run into and I kind of spoke about it when I was talking about in general, the relationships that I have outside of medicine, but it's time. So it's really difficult for me, I find, to schedule time to see people outside of medicine because it's really easy to, you know, just run into your friend at the hospital or have lunch with them there. Um, but it's hard for me to say, oh, you know, like, let's meet at this time after I finish work. But, you know, I might not actually be done at that time because it depends if I get like a consult at this time, then I might finish like three hours later. So it's hard to like set a, a distinct time for me to see my friends, especially when they want to make plans like ahead of time. But I don't get my rotation schedule until like the week before. Um, and, and 
they don't I don't think they don't really understand that unpredictable nature as much given that their jobs are more like of a you know nine to five like this is when you start this is when you end you're not on call during the weekend <laughs> type of vibe um so I don't want to end up disappointing them and, and committing to something that I might not necessarily be able to make um and and of course, as the both of you have already said, sometimes I find it difficult to share the academic aspect of my life with them. But at the same time, like like you, Peter, like I'm just sick of talking about it all the time already. So <laughs> it's not really something that bothers me that much because I'll use any excuse to not talk about it, you know? Yeah, I definitely, um, I feel you on that point that it's such a challenge to promise ahead that like you'll make it to an event or like a date or whatever gathering that's going on. Um like, it's hard for people not in the medical world to accept that, you know, when they ask you to come out or join them, they'll, you'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. But uh, I'll finish anytime between like 4 and 10 p.m. Is that OK with you? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, another difficulty is that we need to learn. We have to compensate. Right. And show them in other ways that we do value these relationships or friendships and that we prioritize them. One thing that I will add to that, too, is it's really hard when you are like canceling on friends or you're, you know, dropping plans because of outside responsibilities that are just straight up out of your control. And it's really hard for that person to see that as, you know, it's, it is out of your hands. Whereas they see it as, you know, I don't value your time. And I think having to like explain that and explain sort of the, the hidden curriculum or the things that you have to do, to be on someone's good side or stay back to to make sure that they like like you or will review you better it makes for an awkward conversation with your friend because again they're not they're not experiencing it they don't have experience with it and it's totally fair but having that extra hurdle of having to explain you know why you can't Mm -hmm. go to something um is definitely a burdensome Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think that what you said peter is super important and it goes back to kind of the perks maybe of having medical friends at times where you know if you say let's meet up for dinner at six um and and then you tell them oh i just received a consult at 4 45 they they know exactly what that means and they won't be expecting you until a couple of hours later and and they won't take it personally right whereas i feel that your friends outside of medicine might not necessarily understand to the same extent because they're like well you don't you like just clock out at a certain time as everybody else does and it's hard to explain that Yes, you do have a scheduled time to finish, but it also depends on when you finish mm-hmm. your work and depends on how much you care about your rotation and all those little nuances about medical culture that can't really be explained and attributed to one incident. It's super hard to get that across, and I don't think you can fully grasp it unless you are someone who experienced it yourself. One thing that I will say to that, too, is a perk that I've gotten out of it is if someone cancels on me, like, I don't take it personally anymore. I kind of just am like, oh, that's totally fine. Like, I can do X, Y, Z instead. I I feel like I've gotten that level of disconnect, mm-hmm. which is, it's like reflecting on it. It's kind of like a bad thing, but it's also like a good thing. Um, but yeah, that's one thing that I've gotten out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was also going to add that, like, I realized just these difficulties will kind of accompany us for the rest of our lives. And maybe it'll get harder, but they'll, they'll stay the same. They'll be there regardless. So I think I'm trying to change my approach to how I see these things. Like I'm trying to move from frustration or disappointment to kind of looking more forward to have to explain myself. And I see it as a challenge to, like Peter said, to to, to work on my communication skills, to try to 
um, properly explain all these challenges and um, difficulties um, as to have other people, you know, understand my experiences better. And like Peter's totally right. Like as future physicians, we'll have to explain a lot of different complex things to patients and try to make them um, grasp them. So, so it's definitely something to work on. Mm-hmm. How do the two of you find um, it difficult sometimes when you have to approach the topic of like the over glorification of of medicine within your friendships and relationships uh, outside of medicine? I have like a, a funny story about this. I went to um, a banking social with one of my business friends um, from high school. And because I was like the only person in the room that was in medicine, it kind of felt like really cool to be the the medical expert in the room. And even though it was... <laughs> You're like Dr. Kochi. <laughs> literally. Because there, there was questions on um, like the vaccines and stuff too. This is um, kind of recently, mm. but... It, it felt nice to sort of be the, the expert in the room because you don't really get that when a lot of your circles are in medicine. But also on that note too, it's, I think it's, it's a definitely a negative thing to, to have that level of over glorification when you realize the day in and day out isn't exactly, you know, saving lives all the time, but the perception of other people is like, you're doing this like hard laborious work. Whereas in reality, you might just be doing like a chart or taking a history and then you're handing off the real stuff to someone else. And so I, mm-hmm. I really do try to be as blunt as possible in saying that, you know, I'm not really doing anything and explaining, you know, what exactly it is I do so that I think people get a better understanding of that. But then they think you're downplaying it, right? <laughs> 100%. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a struggle and a challenge to have to... Um to provide them with a more realistic perception of what's really going on at the hospital. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like the main thing that I was thinking about when I was brainstorming for this episode was this memory of like people re- like reminding me constantly that, you know, I'm going to get paid well in the future. So every time I'll be like, oh, you know, my hours are so horrible sometimes or oh, I'm really stressed about residency. Residency so long, like it's laborious, et cetera, et cetera. The answer always comes back to, oh, but you'll be get getting paid so much. And I'm like, okay, but I don't think that like my mental health is something I can put a price on, you know, like at what cost sometimes. And I guess sometimes it feels dismissive. Like it's, I know that they don't mean it that way. And I think that they're trying to encourage me, but it always comes back to financial compensation for my mental health somehow. And, and that's super discouraging when that that's super discouraging for me who tries to have these conversations with with the people that I know outside of medicine. A funny story about that too, like related to COVID, I was planning on doing a couple of trips to Europe and also to Japan uh, this summer. And now that the flights are canceled and obviously you can't travel, I've been trying to get the money back from those flights, but the companies themselves, like just, it's just this huge mishap with like credit card companies. Mm -hmm. But one of my friends was just saying like, oh, like, you know, what's, what's a thousand dollars of a round trip flight if you're going to be making like $200,000 or $300,000 in the future. And it's like, well, yeah, but like it's it's kind of now and it's like it's stressful now. It's not stressful in the future. So I can totally agree with that sentiment. That's something I wanted to talk about as well. Like somehow just because I got my ticket, like my admission to medicine, somehow people assume that I will be ready to spend like huge amounts of money readily. <laughs> like, no, they'll be like, oh, no, it's OK. Karine, you'll make that money like an hour later on in your life. It's fine. No, it's not fine. <laughs> 
So yeah, somehow like our stress and anxiety surrounding like money and finances and other things just get um minimized and dismissed in a way just because we're in medicine. So it does make me reflect and wonder like would they would they react differently to 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 these difficulties had I not been in medicine? You know, it's it's in a way it's 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 a treatment that's like unfair. Mm-hmm. We've talked extensively about the difficulties that you can have with these relationships. Um, how do you find that these difficulties have evolved over your time in medicine? Have they gotten better, worse? Are they the same? Um, how, how have you tried to tackle them? I think specific to COVID, one thing, like that's that's really the, the mainstay in terms of things that have been like harmful and like detrimental. I found that when I really got to see my friends in person and hang out with them, it felt a lot like old times. And because I don't have that as much anymore, I've never really been a texter and, and maintaining those like text relationships with people that you don't necessarily want to like have a phone call with, but you still want to see in person is really hard for me. And so I think on that regard, COVID has just made things a million times worse. And it's, it's something that I never want to go through again, obviously. But I think that over time, though, in terms of a romantic relationship, one thing that we talked about was communication. I think it's gotten better over time, um, having like explained things. And I think I feel like we've gotten a lot on the same page now with explaining like things that happen within my curriculum or things that happen within the hospital. And that's become a lot more of a source of, of positivity in terms of like debriefing on a day. And I feel like I got, get a lot more out of it than I did in the past. And so I think there's, there's definitely progress to be made, but the progress that I've I feel like I've accomplished between like my friendships and my uh, romantic relationships has definitely been a, a, a benefit to me in the long run. I agree. Like I, I think I've already mentioned how the difficulties will always be there. I feel like for them to get better, it really depends on the way how I change my approach, right? Like I mentioned, to try to see things from a different perspective, to, to, to continue working on my communication skills, to try to not get um, disappointed or offended when non-med people offer their advice or perspectives like that can't really be applied to our settings or um, our experiences um so like peter said it's it's it really depends on how i see things i find so i try to continuously work on having this better mindsets on things Mm -hmm. i really echo everything that you've both said already i think one way i've tried to approach that kind of cultural barrier almost that you can that you have with your non-medical partners or, or friends is that I, I find that I just try to remind myself that different relationships have different purposes and different dynamics. Um, and I really like the analogy I've heard from somewhere where you, you think of your heart or your soul as having many different locks and, and that different people hold different keys to different locks. Um, and that's the way that I try to think about that. So I, I came to accept that, you know, expecting my non-medical friends to understand all the nuances of medicine and its culture without having gone through it is actually just a very unrealistic expectation and unfair expectation for me to have of them. And, and I try to compartmentalize my friendships in a way, as you said, Peter, where I assign them different purposes. And if I need to rant about my day and, and about like how a staff was mean to me or a resident was mean to me or that I had to stay like three hours past sign out, like I'll go to my medical friends and talk about that. Like what I'm, there's not much that I can actually probably get from that conversation with my non-medical ones. And that's okay. You know, like they'll be there to change my train of thought and to talk about something else. I think that that's just the way that I've tried to approach it. I think the opposite is also true sometimes where 
you know, with my medical friends, I can't talk to them about certain things because it's just not something that we have in common sometimes. And they, I don't feel like they understand certain parts of me and are more comfortable or familiar with the part of me that is in medicine. So I think what you said about different relationships having different purposes really resonated with me. It's something that I think I'm realizing now consciously it was something that I do subconsciously having those relationships where you can talk about like very specific things and where the only goal or purpose of them is to just sort of let loose and like relax a bit and talk about random stuff, shoot, shoot the sand, if you will. I think that separation and then, you know, having those people that you have a purpose in, in developing like a more medical rela- relationship or, or something like that, where you have your friends within medicine to talk about that sort of thing with. I think that's a really great way to look at it in terms of separating it based on like a level of purpose. I agree. It's always so comforting to be able to rely on these relationships outside of medicine, especially given that, uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I first started, I was always so afraid of what medical, like my medical colleagues would think of me. Like there's this fear of the judgment of what they would, um, of how they would perceive you. So, so it's, it's, it's always nice to be able to let loose, like Peter said. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the last uh, little topic that we addressed, but in in which ways do you feel that your relationships out of, outside of medicine have supported and nurtured you as a person in the forming of your identity as a future physician? I can give it a try to answer that question. I think that these diverse relationships like med as well as non-med have contributed to kind of keep me grounded, like Audrey kind of already mentioned. Um, they, they've kept me humble, happy, and well-rounded. So I think overall, these are qualities that will serve me well as a future physician. Um, being able to hold conversations in that, that, like different conversations with different topics from different backgrounds and subjects is, is definitely a a skill to have. So I, I definitely do cherish these relationships because they, they all in their own way add something to to how I am growing as a person. I think for me, the big thing that I get out of my non-medical relationships is taking that non-medical perspective to medicine. We mentioned it and talked about it a little bit prior, but you know, seeing medicine as a job instead of this lifestyle that you need to balance, I think for me was really helpful in putting things into perspective knowing that if I'm working, you know, four hours a day, or if I'm working eight hours a day, it's okay to take a break. And it's unrealistic to just constantly be doing something to like further yourself in the future. And then another mindset I think I got from those same friends is that you don't really need to be exceptional. And I think medicine often attracts that type A personality that always wants to strive to be better and better and better. And you really don't need to be the best at what you do. And I think developing a level of satisfaction or contentment with where I'm at and how I'm progressing is I think the big big takeaway for me that I've gotten from a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. that really resonates Peter I think that like I said it kind of goes hand in hand with what I was saying earlier about you know in medicine we constantly push each other to be better to you know make more ground to discover more groundbreaking research, uh, to to take on projects, and and the list goes on, you know, and it starts to really eat at you um, until it, it takes everything that you have if you let it. Um, and 
similar to, similarly to what the two of you have already said, I think that my non-medical friends always serve as a great reminder for me of what matters in life outside of medicine and that it's not everything. Um, they also uh, provide kind of an insight for me in terms of like how I, I relate to the general public, um, like the general public that doesn't know about how the medical system works and how medicine works in general. Um, and one specific example I can think of the other day was, you know, one of my friends was talking about how she wasn't sure about whether she wanted to get the COVID vaccine. And instead of, you know, getting frustrated and like irritated at like how people could not want to have the vaccine, I took the time to really listen to her concerns and had the idea in mind that the general public probably has similar concerns. And I really was able to see how there's just certain things that people don't know that we do. And I think we sometimes forget that even as medical students, we do still have a lot more exposure and expertise on these type of topics than than average people who aren't in medicine do not necessarily have. Um, I think that my friends will serve as a good reminder of that as I go on and on and acquire more expertise throughout my medical career. Okay, I think that this sums up the end of the episode. Thanks for tuning in to episode seven, everyone. We're super excited about this relationship mini-series and excited to keep on recording and talking about these important topics. I think today's conversation was extremely rich and uh, made me really reflect on the ways that I've grown and, and changed perspectives throughout my education. I hope that you feel the same way about the episode. We would like to thank the CFMS, our production team, co-hosts, and other members for making this podcast possible. If you would like to reach out, our email address is ldt.com. B podcast committee at gmail.com.